In 2002, a man named Serge Francois, a 40-year-old French TV repairman, with a paralyzed left leg, visited the shrine of Our Lady of Lourdes in Lourdes, France. This is the site where Our Lady appeared to Saint Bernadette in the 19th century. And he went to the grotto where Our Lady had appeared. Um, he prayed at the grotto and then he drank from the spring of water there and washed his face. The next thing he knew, this paralysis in his left leg was completely gone. And he eventually, not long after that, decided to walk almost a thousand miles to the shrine of Santiago de Compostela in Spain. This is the um, shrine at the end of the Camino as an act of thanksgiving to God. Now, nine years later, 20 doctors, some of whom were believers, some of whom were not, concluded their, completed, I should say, their investigation with the conclusion that the rapid functional healing unrelated to any form of treatment was still present eight years later, and the bishop thought this was sufficient to, to declare that this had been a miraculous healing. The local bishop announced that. Yet this remarkable, extraordinary event, verified after an eight, nine-year-long investigation by medical uh, experts, it received relatively little publicity. Why? I suppose one reason might just be the skeptical age we live in, right? Where the idea of a miracle actually happening, God actually healing somebody, it's often ridiculed. Now, it is true, we must guard against possible illusions or hoaxes. And I would say, uh, in this case, at least the church did that, right? It, it, when he claimed the paralysis was gone, the, the church did a very thorough investigation of it to ensure that he had truly been paralyzed before and that there was not a, a natural explanation for it. But at the same time, it is really an impoverished culture which cannot even entertain the possibility that God can and does still intervene in the world in extraordinary ways. Now, I mention our culture's aversion to miracles by way of introduction to our gospel today. Our gospel where we get the account of the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves. The Lord has 5,000 plus people before him. They're hungry. He has five loaves and two fish. Not enough, not even close to enough for 5,000 plus people. But he takes the loaves, he blesses, breaks them, gives thanks, distributes them. And miraculously, there is such an abundance that they fill up 12 wicker baskets full of leftovers. There is simply no other way to explain this gospel passage than Jesus works a true physical miracle. Something that's not possible according to the order of created uh, nature. But for God, nothing's impossible. Christ is true God and true man. However, skeptics have tried to explain away this miracle. You know, for example, one, one argument skeptics might make is that what really happened here was that people had food in the crowd, but they were hoarding it, and Jesus simply inspired them to share it with one another. 
The obvious problem with this miracle of sharing is it ignores the simple reality that nothing's impossible for God, that the God who spoke the word and created all things out of nothing could multiply five loaves and two fish to feed any number of people. But this, this idea of, a, of, of the people just sharing their bread with one another, it flies in the face of the gospel passage itself. The people who witnessed this event that's not how, what they thought was going on. I mean, what do they say at the end? After everyone's eaten their, fee, their fill, they say, this is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world. I mean, the people quite correctly interpret this not just as a real physical miracle, but as a sign that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah, that he is this long-awaited Savior. Why do they think that? Well, the prophets foretold that when the Messiah came, he would recapitulate the miracles of Exodus. He would fulfill, in a certain sense, what the Exodus foreshadowed when God brought Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And one of the miracles of the Exodus was the manna which God rained down daily from heaven. We'll hear about that next week in our first reading. He rained down from heaven during those 40 years that the Israelites wandered in the deserts. So there was this expectation that when the Messiah came, he would be like a new Moses who would provide some kind of miraculous bread from heaven for the people in the kingdom of God. In other words, if the people were simply inspired to share what they already had with one another, they wouldn't have recognized this as a sign that Jesus is the Messiah, and they certainly wouldn't, wouldn't have tried to carry him off to make him king. All right, so it's a real true miracle. So what? What's the point? Today we begin John chapter 6, and we will go through John 6 over the next several Sunday Gospels. And this is the chapter where Jesus teaches most explicitly about the Eucharist. And the Eucharist is itself a miracle made only possible by the omnipotence of God. But unlike, say, the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves or the healing of Serge Francois and Lourdes, the Eucharist is not a miracle we can detect with our senses. You know, after the priest, after the consecration, after the priest says, this is my body, this is my blood, it is no longer bread and wine. It is Jesus Christ's body and blood really, truly, and substantially. Under the appearance of bread and wine, though, the appearance of bread and wine, the taste and the texture, the color remains. To our appearances, it still seems to be bread and wine, but our faith supplies where our feeble senses fail. Our faith is what enables us to recognize the Eucharist as the miracle that it is. And sadly, there have been recent surveys that have shown that that faith um, that people who have this, Catholics who have this faith in the Eucharist, the numbers have dropped um, uh, by a devastating percentage. You know, I think in 2019 there was a survey that said one in three Catholics believed in the real presence of Christ. Um, a, a depressing stat if there ever was one. And I'm sure there's all kinds of reasons behind it. However, I imagine one of them is our culture's reluctance uh, to believe in the supernatural, in miracles, our culture's impoverished reluctance to acknowledge that God can 
and still does do extraordinary things on the world, in the world, and in the case of the Eucharist, he does something miraculous at each and every Mass. The solution is simple. It's, it's to have faith. Faith enables us to recognize the Eucharist as the miracle that it is, to believe all that God has revealed because he cannot deceive nor be deceived. But to have faith is easier said than done. You know, on the one hand, faith is a human act. It's accepting and assenting to what God has revealed. But on the other hand, faith first and foremost requires the grace of God. It is a gift as well. And if that's confusing, think of St. Peter's confession in Matthew 16. Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus responds by saying, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Peter's confession, it comes from his faith. It is a human act. But prior to that, uh, Jesus' words show us that it also requires the gift of God's grace. And here's, I guess here's what I'm getting at. There are, of course, many very good and convincing reasons why we believe Jesus is really present in the Eucharist. And we will go through those reasons in the coming weeks. But we won't rekindle faith and belief in the Eucharist by arguments alone. To have faith, to believe, we need first the grace of God. And so maybe the best way to begin our several weeks long meditation on John 6 is to begin by praying and asking the Lord to increase our own faith and to increase the faith of our brothers and sisters, especially those who struggle to believe, so that all may come to recognize that God continues to act in extraordinary and miraculous ways. And he does so at every single Mass in the Most Holy Eucharist.